You're riding on the Denial Bus with Patty Crouch and Holly Gates. All right, listeners, JoJo's back because there was a piece of information that we completely glossed over intentionally because I really wanted to get in depth with it because we're as a mother and especially as a mother, as a trauma mama, as like I call it, a mother of trauma, kids with trauma. We're always looking for different tools in our tool belt. We're always looking for a therapy that's going to work with our kids. We're always looking for healing and love and patience and kindness and all these things. And one of the things that JoJo does is what's called, I'm going to butcher this, so feel free to jump in anytime you want, JoJo, because she's already on the line. Um, <laughs> is yes. it, it, Go for community it. Community Resilience Model, CRIM. CRIM. So it's CRM, which is CRIM, and it stands for Community Resilience Model. And really, it's this being able to a set of skills that help you to pay attention to your nervous system and connect your brain to your body so you can be in your resilient zone and be your best self. That's like phenomenal. I feel like this is not just for like trauma kids, but for like everyone, because we all get triggered and stressed by things. And so if we could recognize that in ourselves and then have a tool and skill set to like bring yourself down before you react that would be phenomenal. I mean, half the time I yell in anger because I'm triggered, you know? Yes. I mean, one of the key concepts of the model, and it's about biology, not human weakness. CRIM teaches to help children and adults experience stress and traumatic stress reactions. It's basically a wellness practice that anybody can use. And matter of fact, I say the more you're practicing CRIM for yourself, the better you are at responding to a child who's having, you know, who's being triggered by any sort of things or just a normal five-year-old throwing fit like my little guy sometimes. And um, it's just something that I've seen phenomenal results from and I, I absolutely love it. You said something when we first, in our first conversation of like, you like to get away from the trauma drama and go into like learning how to be resilient in it. Um, and you know, yes. most foster kids are super resilient because they had to be, you know, grow up to so quickly in certain areas and whatnot, but there's still so much healing and still so much to do. And for instance, my Zandy has no resilience. Like she is one of the toughest persons ever because of what she's had to gone through. But at the same time, she has such a low tolerance for any kind of frustration, which puts, you know, reading with dyslexia, it's already harder, like almost impossible because she has no bandwidth to get through the hard stuff at all. Um, so I'm really right, thinking of her a whole lot when you said this, because it's like we, how do you build resilience in your kid and how do you get them to push through the hard things and how do you get them to no longer react, but be empowered you know so I'm excited about this for sure I'm excited I am too and I mean even as I hear about your daughter Zandi I think she can even represent so many kids out there that you know this concept of resilient zone and the resilient zone is where I like to say I tell kids it's your okay zone and in your okay zone you can be okay happy and okay sad but in and just okay okay right but in that zone, you can be your best self. 
your, your thinking brain is still engaged. And I think so many kids out there, especially everything that's been going on from COVID to all the racial tensions, all of these things are affecting our kiddos, even if they're not saying it, right? They're all feeling, they're all in their feelings right now. And this stuff is, is, is real. As real as it is to us, it's real to to our kids, even though they're not expressing it because they don't have the language all the time for it. They're, we're seeing it in how they're acting or how they're acting out, you know? So it's, it's not just Zandy. I feel like this is in, in every kid, there's that one particular thing where they just have that meltdown, you know, or they don't have the resilience in certain ways. So we can all practice. I always tell everybody, you have, you know, I'm 35. I have 35 years of adult experience. And sometimes I look at my five-year-old and I want him to react as a 35-year-old would. You know, I, I give him concepts and ideas. And he's been on the earth for five years, yes. right? Five years. And so that sometimes gets me all befuddled. And I'm like, how come he asked me the other day, what was it? I said, well, you have to be more disciplined. He's like, I'm sorry, what does discipline mean? And I'm like, good, good point. Okay, let's back up. <laughs> so I, I think what I love about this model is it's really, it follows the natural cadence of a person's body and like how it said it's you know it's about biology not human weakness so sometimes we look at our kids and we think there's it's like oh this is something that needs to be fixed but in the reality of it some of it is biology and kind of rewiring what's happening in the brain that makes complete sense because whenever what's what's the in connected parenting we go you know um what fires together, wires together. And so you have to create, yes. so they'll get, my daughters get so used to being angry over certain things that you have to almost like calm her, like especially Zandy, like I have to calm her down and be like, look, I know in, in the past you haven't had the support, but you have it now. So you don't need to respond that way. Because the minute she hears about writing, she's like, I'm, she's done. Like she will run out of the room. She will avoid it at all, you know, at all tasks because she's shameful that she doesn't know how to write. And she feels shameful that she doesn't know how to read. But the minute that happens, she just runs versus like sitting there and going, oh, I'm not with my teachers. I'm with my dad. My dad knows who I am is a safe person. Can I can be trust him. He's going to help me through this. Oh, he even says he'll write for me. Never mind. Why did I get triggered? <laughs> you know, like he's going to write everything for me. I don't need to be triggered. But she yeah. doesn't even get there. <laughs> she like immediately because that she hears right. It really triggers her into anger and like shame and run, you know. So I like this yeah, idea of like creating brain goes offline. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So get into it. Like get into, let's get into the nitty and gritty. And I'm going to use Zandy as my, as our example, just because that's, you know, who I know because, you know, she's my child. Um, so t- walk me through it. I don't even know what to walk through. Like how, if I, I, if I was one of your clients, like what would, what the conversation, how would you introduce this to me? Like how, how would you assess Zandy? I guess. I don't know what the Well, is. first, I, I would start by introducing you to the crim model. Before okay. So that I, I, would, I would get to Zandy. I would say, hey, you know, I would just kind of, well, we can have a conversation about it. And I'll just pretend that we haven't done all this other stuff. I would say, hey, you know, I have this model that I think would be really amazing for you and your daughter. And I'd like to tell you a little bit more about it. 
What is it? It's from the Trauma Resource Institute, and it's called Community Resilience Model, so CRIP. Okay. And um, one of the things that I love about it is that it's a set of tools that you can use and you can use with her that's very conversational, and it will give her the ability to, like, the more you practice it, she will be able to focus more on the good things so that she it will help her to um, reset her own nervous system. And she'll have these set of skills, and you'll have these set of skills. So if this is something that you're interested in, I can tell you a little bit more about it. Go for it. And, okay, great. So there are a few skills in CRIM, and one of the things that we talk about before we get into the skills is there's something called the resilience zone. And what your resilience zone is, is it's something where basically you can be your best self. So if we're thinking about it, do you have a nervous system? Yes. Great, because I do too. (laughs) Sometimes, and and our nervous system is what helps our mind and body connect to each other. And one of the things is like, if you go outside and it's a really hot day and you have on a jacket, more than likely, you know naturally, not without like being like, oh man, you know, I need to take off my jacket. You probably just do it naturally, right? Because your body tells you you're really hot and you take off your jacket. Or if it's really cold outside, you'd put on a sweater naturally or you'd even start shivering, right? Yeah. Like it's, so it's that's instinct. your body. Yeah, that's your instinct. Exactly. So that's also your body sending something to your brain to tell you, hey, this is what I need. So we do these on a natural day basis. And that's sort of reading your own nervous system. So what the resilience zone really does is help to reset that nervous system. And in this, you can be, I always like to tell my kiddos that it's your okay zone. And you can, as you go throughout your day and you have your ups and downs, you can be okay, happy, and okay, sad. Because sometimes, you know, I wake up in the morning and I really don't want to get up and I'm a little bit grumpy, but then I kind of get some cereal and I get going and I feel a little bit better. So, you know, I'm you know, a little low to start off with, and then it gets a little bit better. And my day kind of looks like a little bit of a wave, a small little wave, right? Mm -hmm. But, and then I'm in my, my resilient zone. And my resilient zone, again, is my okay zone where I can be my best self and I can make my choice, best choices because my thinking brain is still engaged. Okay. Now how, you know, our brain works is when our thinking brain is offline, then it is the um, the natural part of our brain that sort of just takes over and we're in survival mode. So that's the mode where we have a tendency to fight, flight, or freeze, right? Yeah, your primal so brain. When that sort of kicks in, yes, the primal brain just automatically we start doing things. So, you know, I'm sure if you've been with Zandi, and you've said, none, why did you do that? Like, why did you get up and walk out of the room when we were trying to write? She might sometimes say, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because she went into survival mode and her thinking brain went offline. Yeah. She flipped. And she, yeah. just, she just took off. She was triggered. And that was it. And there's no more thinking about it. She's just in survival mode. She, she flew. She's out of here. So... The resilient zone is when your thinking cap is still on. Now, the thing is, there's your high and your low zone that's outside of your resilient zone. 
So the high zone kind of looks like what maybe when you're getting really frustrated or she's maybe having a meltdown, or even for me, when I'm stuck in traffic and I'm starting to get angry, <laughs> right? I can feel they're like a heat in the back of my own neck. And <laughs> maybe I'm gripping my steering wheel a little bit tighter, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm being pushed out of my resilient zone into my high zone where maybe I'm using colorful language <laughs> or I'm starting to get frustrated that this person doesn't know how to drive. I don't know if you know what that's like. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So I find myself getting bumped into my high zone. And so the problem isn't like being bumped into your high zone, but it's when you get stuck there, right? right? And a lot of times our kiddos, if the resilient zone isn't really that big, their okay zone really isn't that high, they can get stuck in the high zone where they're frustrated, they're yelling, they're screaming, or maybe it looks like they're stomping or they're totally just zoning you out. Yeah. Maybe they go from a high zone to a low zone. So in our low zone, we see things that are more like your nervous system is kind of shutting itself down, right? It starts, maybe your kids don't, you know, it can be as, as much as depression, if that's what you want to call it, not getting out of bed, totally being, um, I was talking about it with some kiddos at our Good Samaritan shelter, which is our local homeless shelter. And they said, well, sometimes it's when, I daydream, I daydream so much that I forget where I'm at. Uh, That's how they described a low zone. And I thought, wow, yeah, it can be like that because that's your body reacting to you shutting down. That's what happens for them. So it could look different for everybody. And maybe it's just that they stopped communicating. Maybe they are there, but they're looking off to the side they're just, you know, they start having negative self-talk. For some people, you start to see, the, you know, it starts showing your body in some ways. I know for me, when I'm feeling really low, I'm always super tired. Maybe I'm tired in the middle of the day. I just, yeah. I just feel like stopping and not being around anyone for a while, you know? So that can be your sort of low zone. And people say, well, can you go from your high zone to your low zone? Of course, within the matter of moments. And again, that's going to happen because there are going to be things that set us off, even adults of all ages and kids of all ages go through those moments. But the problem becomes when we get trapped in our high or our low zone and we can't seem to get out of that pattern, you know? I can see, like, just, I always say that my kids take forever to recover. So it's like if they got it, they lose it. Like if they flip their lid, that's what we call it in our house. When you like lose it, you flip your lid. Yes. And you go into your primal. That's a great one. Go into your primal lid, the primal brain. It's like they'll teeter in between for like the next four or five hours. It's like walking on eggshells, and like the littlest thing will set them off because they're still just they haven't calmed down. You know, like they haven't truly gotten to the, what you would call their the resilient zone, their okay space, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's that bounce back time then, right? Yeah. So like, it's the time that maybe they take to come back from something that triggered them into this space. 
and that time to come to come back to being able to from flipping your lips as and I love that I love that model um that's exactly what this this is what it helps you do is it creates a new way to look at stress and traumatic symptoms all right keep going and so again so now we know more about this resilient zone so then the question becomes okay like how do I stay in my resilient zone, right? And how do I build my resilient zone? How do we widen that? Because people do have different widths of, I think, resilient zones. And as I've gotten older and I I've, I've have more language and I have more tools, I've been able to widen my resilient zone. And as I've taught this to my own kids, I think it, and the more we practice it together, on a daily basis and me practicing it myself, I've seen their resilient zones sort of widen and be able to handle things. But there's even times for them where they are just, there's, you know, so there's always room for improvement is the first thing. Just know that. Yes, always. And then, and the tools that we will kind of go over is tracking, resourcing, and grounding are some of the key ones that you sort of end shift and stay. Those are the key skills and all of these things. If at any point you're like, I remember what she said. There's also this really cool app that the Trauma Resource Center had put together and has put out and it's totally free. It's called iChill and you can download it for free. It's pretty amazing. And it walks through and breaks down every single one of these steps and explains them like okay. verbatim. So, so this, it's pretty let's, amazing. Let's just make sure it's I as in like the letter I and then C-H-I-L-L. Yes. And it's from yes, the exactly. trauma, what was it called? The Trauma Resource Institute? Resource Institute, yes. Okay, just to make sure you get the right and one. And it outlines the, the community resilience model. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think they even have it in Spanish now if I'm not mistaken hope so I download the right one because cool. the Spanish one I'd be like um halfway getting this not all the way okay okay so <laughs> what was the first tool then you said there was about four of them that we're going to go through so what was the first one so one of the first ones is, is tracking and tracking you use with all of the other tools and what tracking is is paying attention to your body and your nervous system okay. so the way that I like to think about tracking is just really being aware of what's going kind of on in the moment. It's paying attention to sensations within the nervous system. Tracking is foundation for helping people balance their nervous system. A person learns to tell the difference between sensations of turmoil and upset and sensations of well-being. Tracking is used with all of the skills. So some of the ways that you can begin to track are the sensations inside, like you can begin to ask yourself, you know, what do you notice when, when something is going on, whether it's good or bad, you can ask yourself, what do you notice happening inside? So that may like, for example, when I was talking about being in traffic and I sort of noticed when I was being bumped out of my resilient zone, and I was being bumped into that higher zone, I clenched my fist on the wheel. And I, I didn't even recognize that actually at first. I was like, oh, I, my, my fists are really clenched tight right now. And I noticed like my shoulders go up and they get really like tight. And 
like it starts to get like warm. I get a warm sensation run up the back of my neck. Cause at this point I'm just like starting to get angry. I haven't even said anything. I, I just can feel it. So when I start to feel my body comes up like that. I'm like, wait, I'm about to be bumped out of my resilient zone. And then I'm able to like refocus my attention on something else. You can also track that sensation when something really good is going on, right? You know, when I'm out and me and my boys are laughing and we're joking, I I notice how much more, even like as I'm talking about them, I just naturally begin to smile. And my shoulders like lessened or when I think about the beach. So all these different things, um, you'll begin to notice your own posture, your muscle tension relaxing, your breathing, your skin tone, because sometimes people, you know, will turn red. I don't turn red because I'm pretty brown. You can't see when I'm super red. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> that's why I'm like, I can feel the heat. So, <laughs> so even um, like your, in, basically it's like your internal, your internal climate when with another person. Do you feel sleepy? Is it clear or focused? Are you happy or are you sad? So kind of just recognizing that. And one of the ways that we sort of teach tracking when we're, you know, when I'm teaching it is if you take your two hands and you start rubbing them together. So rub them together like really, really, really fast. I'm doing it. So that's pretty, you hear that? I'm doing it. Okay. Yes. I'm doing it too. So can you just describe to me now that you've rubbed them together really fast? and you stop what are your hands what are you sensing i want to invite you to just describe they, they kind of what you're tingle sensing. they started tingling but it was like really intense mm-hmm. and now it's like slowly fading away a little bit but i can still feel them yeah. kind of tingly and it was hot and then immediately cooled down the minute that they left like i stopped doing the friction it started to cool down. yeah they're still tingling but it's like slowly yeah. fading and you, I actually feel them in different areas too. Like the right below my pinky, that little palm pad. I, I don't know what the word for that is. The palm pad <laughs> below your pinky <laughs> was tingling more than some of the others. But yes, exactly. So just that right there, you were describing it. That's tracking. That's you tracking the sensations that are happening in your body, you know, good, bad, or otherwise from something that physically is going on. I said the next time I get um, anger, angry, I should stop and be like, okay, what's happening? Like stop and be like, okay, my jaw is clenched. I am tensed up. This is what, like I should stop and see how my body actually is feeling physically, not just like a mental thing. Yeah, and it can even be when you're just irritated. You know, like everybody has pet peeves. Yeah. Right. As, as, as you're doing that, like you'll notice your body reacts a certain way, you know, yeah. or, or some people you can say a certain thing and people will like, Oh, right. You, yeah. you have like a, a, a reaction automatically. <laughs> and, and that's also just sort of tracking or even something happy. I say like, if you go to think about like a memory with your best friend, right. Yeah. And, and you think about like a joke that you told or a meal you shared together or just a moment. You could probably bring that up and, and your body would react like as if you were in that moment. 
Yeah. Whether it was laughing over the joke or smiling at something they said to you, um, you know, that's all tracking what's going on. And part of one of the ways you could really encourage yourself and your kiddos to do that is by developing sensory language. So think of it this way, sight, smell, sound, taste, touch, temperature. So is there a visual image um, like shape, round, flat, curved, triangle, you know, the size of it, is it small, medium, large? Um, one way that we teach this is we get a bag and we put a whole bunch of different items in it, whether it's a Q-tip or a cotton ball or a toy car. And you'll reach into the bag without knowing what's in there and sort of just kind of fill around and you may feel that it's cotton ball. Well, you would have to describe that without saying, oh, it's a cotton ball. So you would say, that, oh, it's soft. It's, um, it feels, you know, you wouldn't say cottony, but you would just use <laughs> it feels fluffy. <laughs> Uh, is it cold? Is it hot? You could use all these different descriptions or um, you could take if you were trying to, so that's one really fun way or even get Play-Doh, right? And just have them be describing. So what does the Play-Doh feel like? So then they're just getting used to tracking what's going on in the moment with their own body. And the more you practice that and the more you have language for that, the better they'll be at sensing their own nervous system. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. It's basically figuring out where your nervous system is so that you can, and being aware. Like it's finding, a, it's basically bringing, tracking is bringing awareness to where your nervous system is and where you are temperature wise and all that jazz yes. so that you can decide yes. whether or not you want to change it or not. I'm imagining is the next step. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, and, you know, your nervous system has a gas pedal and it has like, uh, you know, a break. So when you're starting to get worked up and you're starting to get your way into the, that high zone, like we said, it's biology. You're also responding. Your blood pressure is going up. If I had you run in place for a minute, your heart rate would be up. You'd probably be hot you're having a physical reaction. And yeah. that also happens when we have emotional reactions to things. There's not just the emotional reaction, but there's a physical reaction that's meeting that. And sometimes we teach our kids just to focus on the emotional part, right? Yeah. But we're not teaching them about the physical side of it. You know, so we're not looking at the whole child. And then also we're applying what maybe emotionally is going on. There's these concepts, happy, sad, frustrated. But what is that really to a four-year-old who doesn't really understand that concept? Because what makes me happy is going to be different from what makes you happy. Yeah. You know, ice cream may make me happy. Chocolate chips may make you happy. You know, well, both of those or do, but. something non non food related. <laughs> apparently, I have. <laughs> I was like, I'm a foodie. Those are both but... my like two favorite things. Actually, <laughs> ice cream and chocolate yeah. chips. I was like, oh, actually, both of You're them like, make me really happy. I would happy. do both of those together. <laughs> oh. You're like, now I want an ice cream sundae. Thanks, Jojo. Yeah, with chocolate but, chips on top. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, see, like I'm smiling. That's really right now. Like as we're talking about this, I'm like, 
my head's bobbing more, my hands are moving around more. I'm, you know, my facial expressions are all over the place. I can always tell when I'm like excited and teaching the kids because like, I am like a cartoon character. I go from being like normal Jojo to like cartoon Jojo (laughs) in moments because I absolutely love teaching to kids. It's like one of my favorite things. It totally puts me in my zone. I, I just, I love hanging out with kids. Kids are just, they're so honest, you know, and what you see is what you get for the most part, even if it's not what, you know, as an adult, you're like, oh my gosh, they're having a meltdown. But what you see is what you get with kids. So I kind of love that. That is true. Anyways, a little off subject. So the next part of this, now we know all about tracking, right? Do you have any questions? No, I think I'm good. Awesome. So the next one is about resourcing. And what resourcing is, is it is like, I like to think of it as like, for me, like a box of all these amazing moments, imaginary, real um, people, places that bring me joy, that make me feel safe, or that just help me to be better. So what I mean by that is when you have a resource, it's usually like a memory or like I said, something that you can make up. You can pretend it's like a deserted island <laughs> where <laughs> there is, you, you have like, this is like probably kind of like the mom one, you know, you have your favorite drink and you're on the beach and you're able to relax without anybody asking you for something for like yeah. 20 minutes. Right. That like would be mine. Silent. I absolutely <laughs> love being on the beach, watching my kids play, but not have them talk to me. Like I just want to see. I just like I love yes. watching them play in the ocean, and I love being at the beach. It's my perfect happy spot. So that would be one of my resources. So it's basically it's like a okay. memory or a scenario that brings you joy. I feel like this is what yeah, would happen. So- in, Harry Potter, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but in yes. Harry Potter, would they like, you have to think of a happy moment in order to be able to do the Patronus. <laughs> you have to think of a happy thought. Yeah, ex- That's not happy enough, yes, Harry. Exactly. Anyways. <laughs> That's exactly what we're about to do right now. So if I, can I invite you? Do you mind if I ask you a little bit more about this perfect day that you're telling Absolutely, me about? Absolutely, for sure. I love my perfect day. Okay. Oh. So in your perfect day, you told me, I heard you say that you're at the beach and you're with your kids and they're playing. So is it warm outside? Oh, yeah. Is it kind of like an overcast day? Tell me a little bit more about that. it's sunny, but I'm underneath Mm -hmm. my shade with my legs out. Okay. My legs in the sun, but my body is not like in the shade. So it's a perfect temperature. You got the breeze from the ocean coming. My kids are getting nice. along. They're like, you know, body surfing and playing, uh, but they're not asking me for anything. Like that's where it ends. <laughs> it's like I'm not responsible for them. Um, but it's like a sunny. It's a good sunny day with the breeze and the sand and between my toes. Can, nice, nice. 
And when you're talking about like the sand between your toes, I heard that like, I heard that tone in your voice. Is it like warm? Is it like the squishiness? Okay, I just wondering what, can you tell me a little bit more about that? I think it's the warmth with the texture of it all. Um, it's yeah. Because like, it's like soft, but it's also rough. Like it's in which, I don't know how to describe it. It's like that perfect temperature and like um, texture. Like when you can like, I always, I always, I've never realized I'm doing this, but when I'm there, I always end up like bicycle kicking for the lack of better word term. And so then I end up having these little like feet divots because it just feels so good to like move your feet in this, in like your heels in this sand. Uh, yeah. Are you like moving your hands to make that motion of what your feet would be doing? Are you moving your feet Yeah, right I now? totally was. I totally was. <laughs> because that that motion kind of like green it's like so it's like moving your feet like kind of like up and down and back and forth yeah like in circles little circles no circles just back and forth just back and forth okay great and um so as you were as you were doing that motion that you just talked about kind of like that back and forth with your feet like you were there did you notice um I just sort of want to invite you to like Scan your body if you want to and tell me if you, you noticed anything that like in your own body that sort of changed. I immediately or closed is, my eyes know, so I could like time. visualize it. I closed my uh-huh. eyes so I could visualize it. I noticed like a smile on my face. Like even my voice goes up high a little bit. Like my voice changes into this soft calm like ah. Oh, yeah, I it's did like, I notice almost feel that like a little bit down. Yeah, I, it's it's calming. I'm not going fast. Like I'm not being a mom. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I told my husband today, I felt like I did five thousand things halfway. Like I don't feel like I accomplished anything, but I did so many things halfway. Because this got me interrupted. I was folding the laundry, then I had to go get a snack, and then you know, so none of that happened. So it's like I'm just calm because there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to be. I do feel like a little warm. Yeah. Like I just, I feel a perfect, I'm, I'm at the for perfect temperature. It's like not warm, but not cool. Nice. Like it's just like perfect. And, and do you like, what do you hear at the beach when you're having this perfect day? The ocean. Like you said, you can see I can, your kids. I know. I can hear the ocean inter, intermingled with my kids' laughter. Because when my kids laugh, I love oh, it. That's beautiful. And then that's with the la- like with the ocean, it's just so calming. Like you almost forget that it's there. Like you just, it's a shh. Sh- you know, like it just. It just this- sort of blends into the background. Yeah, it blends into the background, but it's so soothing. And even like I, I catch myself zoning out into the waves. But then it, then you get like, you almost like, but you get that, but there's laughter of your kids just having fun. You know, yeah. like when they laugh and smile, like it's like the best thing in the world. And they're happy so right now when beach. you were talking about that, did that make you smile? Oh yeah. I've been did, smiling for the last, you... <laughs> I'm like for the, since we were talking about the beach. I mean, we talked about chocolate earlier. So between the chocolate and this, I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. Are, so you're having a physical reaction, even though you're not there right now. Yeah, I totally am. Yeah, and so that alone, I probably, like, I heard you say, so that you were calmer, that your speech slowed down, that you're smiling, um, that you're making motions that help to bring you back into your zone, 
And we bet if we were to take your heart rate from, from when we started to now, I bet it would be a little bit slower. Oh, totally. Because if you're talking slower and your breathing has slowed, that's the other thing that I sort of noticed as we were having this conversation. I, that I just even noticed my own breathing slowed down because, like, when you said the the mixture of your kids' laughter and the ocean waves, oh. it just, like, that was it for me because, for me, that is, oh, that and my, my feet in the, like, water, you know, like, the part where it's, like, just, like, it's warm almost because it's been on the sand. It's not, like, the cold, cold part. Oh, I, yeah. like squish my toes in there so I was like there with you I'm like I moved my fingers instead of moving yeah. my toes because I like to talk with my hands oh, I do too. so I just like was in your happy place with you so thank you so much for sharing with me that with that but you're welcome that was just amazing well I noticed even when that's... I talked about like just being you know that today I when we started talking about the day I my shoulders went up I like immediately started talking faster about I tried I did half the things that like it went fat and then immediately came kind of like I could see the difference between my day at home <laughs> of doing everything you need to get done and then being able to physically make the jump I guess in a weird way to being yeah. like calm at the beach with my kids you know so yeah and what that's doing is that that memory is actually or even that day that you've just imagined even if it's not a day that has necessarily happened that specific way or if it is right whichever one it is it's bringing the physical reaction to you now yeah so that's really what resourcing does is that it makes your body respond to calming down so if you're in your high zone and you're all worked up, I heard you, like your voice sped up. That was perfect. Like you have that moment and you all of a sudden it was there. You were kind of a little bumped out of your zone. But the moment you went right back to talking to about the beach and this perfect day of yours, like your voice started calming down again. Yeah. So that's really what that's meant for these different resources. Now, resources can also, you know, well, what if somebody rings up? something that's like negative and good together so you know I've I've had teams where they're like well you know um I like maybe it's you know a friend that really isn't great for them sometimes for little kids let's say or that it's a habit that's not the best for them what you can do is that may still be a resource for them or maybe it's it's a memory with a person from their past but you don't have to focus on that part you can focus on what was happening oh, what are you doing with Susie? That's so much fun. Oh, we're playing bubbles. And we're, so you can build into that part of it and not so much focus on, well, oh, this person is a bad influence for her. Or, you know, every time they're with Susie, she just, she comes back as a, as a different kid. And I really don't like Susie. We don't have to worry about that part. You can just more focus on the good part of what she's doing. So you can sort of, you know, invite her into the space of what's happening with Susie or whether it's a bad habit or a person or what, for whatever reason that, you know, you're like, well, that's actually negative, but it's probably something good for them if they're bringing it up as something safe, joyful, or that helps them feel okay again. So that's something 
just knowing about resourcing and resourcing sometimes, okay, let's say it can be our kids, right? I heard you say, oh, it's my kids laughing, but I don't have to help them with anything. (laughs) So that tells me maybe it might be a trigger along with the resource. (laughs) So sometimes if you need to feel calm, it could be more focusing on the beach. Or if you need to bring yourself back up, it could be a happy memory. So you can build many, many resources. And then deepening that resource and building that resource deeper, kind of like what I did with you. I asked you what was going on with the day. I asked you what you saw, what you heard, uh, what you felt. So we went over the five senses to sort of deepen that for you and to naturally sort of just bring about what your body would be reacting to as if you were there. Because our body naturally holds on to you know, negative memories, not because it's trying to be negative, but for survival purposes. So, you know, if you touch something hot, your body's like, oh, don't do that again. That's That's hot. Stoves are hot. And so we naturally do that. But what we don't naturally do is maybe focus on all the good things. So this is teaching our body to recognize more of the good stuff. So it's like in a garden, when you think of a garden and you're gardening, right? And if you just watered the weeds that's probably what would grow right right the weeds but if you focus more on the roses or the whatever beautiful flower you might be growing or food or whatever it is I'm not really a great gardener as you can tell but the point is is that's what's going to grow that's what's going to grow in your garden. And the same way when you teach yourself to focus on the more positive things or things that are good, and you do this with your kids, I call it our imagination time. So we'll go to our imagination lab that will tell me about all the things that are happy. Or we sit at the dinner table and we say, every night we sit down together and we go over our favorite part of the day. My kids will tell, even when we have a guest, we all go around and we talk about our favorite part of the day. And so then they're learning to focus on those things and you're practicing that. And I was like, oh, you seem so happy when you're talking about that. Like, what is, you know, tell me, tell me what's like, what are you sensing? What are you noticing in your body? Oh, and my friend will sense. tell me like, it feels tingly when I, when I talk about, you know, my friends. Oh, you know, and sometimes they don't, you know, they'll make motions. He wiggles a lot. <laughs> he'll wiggle. I'm even wiggling right now. And he'll tell me, this is, this is how I get, I wiggle back into my zone. That's my, my little five girl. Um, <laughs> and so I just think it's such a beautiful way to build a library of resources so that you can have multiple different ones. So if it is your kids sometimes, but maybe it's your kids that have triggered you, <laughs> maybe you have some other resources in your, your toolbox sense. too. Yeah, and you can practice this. Again, it can be made up because, you know, I've had one kiddo say, well, I can't think of anything that makes me feel. And then you kind of, you know, rarely does that happen. But you can build a resource at that point. It can be imaginary. It could be like what we did. What's your perfect day? And you kind of just go over that. So that's resourcing. Okay, that's resourcing. 
Yes. And um, the other one, we've gone over tracking, paying attention to your nervous system, resourcing is, you know, bringing awareness and just kind of confirming and you use tracking when you're resourcing. So it's sort of just paying attention and it's building positive memories or thoughts to help you pull to those when you're having a bad moment. So I had one student where I used this and she told me it was SeaWorld and she told me about this amazing day she had with her mom and her dad and we got it down to dolphin. And every time I said dolphin, she would giggle for like 30 seconds. So when we were going over and we were practicing something and she got frustrated and it had to do with school, I would look at her and say, dolphin. And she would just giggle. And then we were able to reset and get back to what we were doing. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. So we didn't even need to have all this conversation. We were just, she knew exactly what dolphin meant because we'd practiced it and we'd gone over this really great memory and she, her body knew and her mind knew dolphin meant something funny. It's like an inside joke you have with your best friend, right? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> you guys, awesome. You don't even need, you can look at each other and just start giggling or whoever it is, your coworker. We all have those moments where we're like, ah, ah, ah. Yes. and that's sort of what it does. It gives you that moment to reset your nervous system, bring yourself back from the low or the high zone and be your best self again. So moving on from resourcing, the next one would be grounding. Grounding. Okay. Now, yes. And the thing that I love about grounding, there is a lot of language around grounding. We've, we've heard it in different practices, but what grounding is in this um, model is grounding is the direct contact of the body with ground or with something that provides support to the body. You can ground by sitting in a chair, by standing against a wall, walking, or paying attention to how your feet make contact to the ground, laying down on the floor or on a bed. Grounding can help you stay in the present moment. And really what you want to do with grounding, because I won't go over the entire grounding exercise because it does take a little bit long. (laughs) But some of the things that I will kind of say with grounding is it brings you, so we're resourcing helps to bring up an image and helps your body to respond to that image to help you calm down. Grounding brings you into the present moment and helps you be, because sometimes if you've ever gotten like, like say really angry and you're totally in your head and you're like, I should have said this and I would have done that. And like, you don't even realize at that point that I don't know for me, I'm pacing. I'm like, oh, man, I would have did it. And my husband will come in and say, so I see that you're pacing. I'm like, I'm not pacing. And I like stop and I'm like, okay, I'm pacing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I have to stop in that moment. I just like stop myself and maybe I might go and like put my hands in cold water or go fill furniture. Um, when you go over into the iChill app, Elaine Miller, the one of the creators of this entire, um, the model, she does this amazing, her voice is so beautiful and she does an amazing exercise. So I really encourage okay. you to go check it out and just like listen to her walk you through grounding. 
it's phenomenal. So it's bringing your body into the present moment and making yourself aware of where your body is at in space and time so you don't flip your lid. Does that make sense? Yes and no. (laughs) I want to, like, I, yes, in the sense that you you bring yourself back to, I don't want to say calm, but, like, this is where I am. Like, acknowledging, validating where you are, but physically as well. Does that make sense? That's how I'm saying it. It's like taking um, inventory. So my body's sitting on the chair. It's supported. My feet are on the ground, and like slowing yourself down. Okay, so I really want to. Um... Your child is in the classroom, and they want to grab. They can go through this in their own head. Notice how your back is making contact with the chair, sofa. Okay. It's sitting. You know, bring your attention to your feet and make contact with the chair, sofa. Like, get yourself into a comfortable position. If that's whether that's standing or sitting, um, you may notice how your legs are being supported by the chair or where they're resting. Um, And if you're sensing, if you go over and you sense anything unpleasant in your body or you're uncomfortable, then you can shift your body to where you're okay or you're um, more comfortable. So we always encourage that. It's always invitation loaded. Notice the sensations that are more pleasant to you or neutral within your body. So as you're sitting on the chair and you're relaxing, you may notice, oh, you know what? My back is actually really supported in this chair. I'm really comfortable in this position. I never realized actually sitting up straighter was more comfortable for me. Uh, One of the things that I recognize that really helped me is that I'm even doing it right now. I have a tendency to sit up on my knees and lean forward into something. So I'll grab a pillow and I'll hug it. Mm. And it helps me feel, it helps me to calm down. And I do that naturally. Yeah. And so I'll put my elbows in and I'll, I'll pull in something really tight to me because it helps to center me and to calm me down. Um, and if you become aware of being uncomfortable sensations, you bring your attention to the places that feel more neutral or comfortable. And then as we get ready to end, you can slowly scan your body and bring your attention to all the sensations that are pleasant or neutral. So it's shifting your attention away from, you know, when I do it with my boys, it's shifting them away from, oh, my tummy hurts. Okay, well, what on your body feels pleasant or neutral? Actually, you know, my head does feel pretty good. Oh, my, and I'll ask them, well, what about your toes? What? What about your toes? They're like, my toes are fine. Oh, that's good. I'm glad your toes are okay. And they'll giggle and they'll realize, oh, okay, see what you're doing. Because sometimes (laughs) their stomach doesn't really hurt. Maybe they're just, they ran around really fast or they got really upset about something. Yeah. So they're having a versatile, you know, they're having a physical reaction to what just, they just got into this argument and now their tummy's upset. That's something I noticed with my older son. His stomach will get all you know, worked up, but he's not sick. He's not, he didn't eat too much. He's just, when he gets super frustrated, he holds it in and then yeah. his stomach is upset. I always get a headache. It's my so body. I always get a headache. It's my body's way of saying, Hey, something's not right here. Check yourself. 
kind of thing. And see, I'm getting too stressed, yeah. or I didn't drink enough water. Like it could be simple, simple, like, oh, I need to pee, <laughs> you know, like, because sometimes, yeah, I'm, you know, and that's you so. scanning your body and regrounding yourself. That makes complete sense now. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go to the iChill app and walk through, have her walk me through grounding because that sounds like it would be really beneficial just to get yourself back to the resilience. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, oh, I love it. Okay. So what's the last one? And the last piece um, is, so we've gone over tracking, we've gone over resourcing, we've gone over grounding. Shift and stay. And I will say there is like a last piece to if somebody gets stuck in there. And I'll kind of go over that a little bit just sort of briefly. Okay. But is shift and stay. And what shift and stay is meaning... So let's say you start to feel yourself get bumped into your higher low zone and you start with resourcing and you're trying to pull up all these great things and it's just not working. You can't imagine anything. Maybe your kids are running around and you're just like, I am done. So then you shift to grounding and you're able to scan your body. You're able to kind of figure out what your body needs and you're able to like ground yourself into the moment by just like relaxing and recognizing where you're supported and that is helping you you can shift to that and stay there for that moment and give yourself you know invite yourself into that moment and just allow that to work for you allow yourself to actually use that and give your space the ability to take that skill and say okay this is working Mm-hmm. And so just kind of recognizing that when that one seems like, well, yeah, that's pretty straightforward, but sometimes you don't think of that. You get stuck on one skill that you get used to using, right? Yeah. And you're like, well, this always works for me. How come it's not working now? And when your thinking brain is offline, it's hard to find yourself to shift into another mode, right? Right. So when you, Sometimes when I'm walking with my kids and resourcing isn't working, we'll go, we'll start like looking at nature and feeling what's around us, or maybe just like sit down and feel the grass around us, or we'll pretend we're trees and picture our feet are like in the ground. And that one always seems to like work, you know, so we shift to whatever works and we stay with that. That's really what that is. And by, making that verbal and by recognizing that is a skill, it gives you the ability to move through your toolbox more like flawlessly, so to say. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. I feel like sometimes it's like we get this, this is going to work and the, the shift and stay allows you to be flexible, allows you to be able to access other things that could possibly work if one isn't working kind of thing. It allows the flexibility. Yeah. And then you want to stay what, with what's working in the moment. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And again, that, that one's kind of pretty straightforward with, with certain things. And um, the other piece is that there is, so, you know, you, it comes up like, well, what if somebody is already out of their resilient zone? <laughs> what if they are so bumped out of the resilient zone that it is, just not working anymore and also um kind of go before i go into that i'm sorry shift and say is if distress shift attention to a place in the body that is more comfortable calmer and less painful or neutral 
or to a resource or grounding or to a self-soothing gesture. So those are some other things too. So like how when we were going over um, grounding and it was like, well, if you sense something, you're focusing on something that's more negative and you're like, oh, but my back hurts, you can shift away from that and focus to on something else and or you can readjust your body. Um, okay. And also the part, like even then when me and you were talking about your resource, you for a second had gone, oh yeah, but my day had been so busy. And then like you shifted yourself. You were like, oh my gosh, um, yeah, that wasn't great. But I love that we're talking to the beach. So you almost did it naturally. No, that makes sense. And you're like, oh, I did notice. I've, I've noticed the difference in my body and my posture. You shifted away from the negative part of the day or how you felt sort of stressed out about what you had completed and hadn't or that you hadn't completed the way, the way that you felt they should be completed to being able to be in the moment of what resourcing was really about. So that's another part of it. And also just the self-soothing gestures. What those can be is if you notice, like it was like when you were bicycle kicking, as you described it. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 not in circles, but back and forth. Like <laughs> that was a self-soothing gesture for you. And as adults, we have them. Kids have them. So we can help our kids find out what those self-soothing gestures are. You can say, oh, I notice when you're really happy, you like to um, hold that smooth stone you found at the beach. Wow, how does that smooth stone feel? Here, let's, let's keep it with us. You can keep it in your pocket when we go on our walk. Or you know what, when you're writing, let's keep that stone on the table. So those are ways that are resources that are available to them, and you can help them shift to that. And you can mm. teach them sort of to do that naturally. Or you can point out one of the ways that I really do with my boys is I will tell them, you know what? Mommy is feeling a little out of her zone right now. I am going to sit down and I'm going to just focus on my favorite part of the day right now. And they're like, okay, mommy, I'll come back to you in five minutes. It's a great way for me to get five minutes to myself. They like already know. <laughs> they're like, Oh no, mommy's out of her zone. <laughs> so like even setting that as the example and showing them how to do that, my son will be like, I need a minute to tell my zone. <laughs> and he's like, he'll like cry it all out and come out in five minutes. He's like, okay, I'm better now. <laughs> so it Aww. also gives them, it, it gives them that ability, even if they don't exactly understand all of it, to do that in their timing. Because it's, again, it's biological. It's not mental weakness. I like that. So that's what I love about this model. And so that last piece I said I was going to go back to is help now skills. And there are 10 of them. This is if a person is already bumped out of their zone, high or low, and they're just having a hard time. And you're trying to help them bring them back down and what those things are, and they're all listed on the app again, the okay, iChill app. I was about and, to get a pencil. I was um, like, hold on. Okay. And, yeah, and our so listeners are probably driving. All if, 10 of them. If you're driving, don't <laughs> yeah. worry. You don't need to take notes. Just go to the yes. app. Okay, Don't go ahead. pull over. You can still do. So the help now is um, that you can open your eyes if you have a tendency to shut them and you're upset. You can drink a glass of water, tea, or juice. 
you can look around the room or wherever you are and pay attention to anything that catches your attention. Hold on. Go back to so the water one. Your... So yes. the water one is something we use with Jackson a whole lot because there's mm-hmm. something like, the, you know how everyone says take a deep breath. Like it, it calms you or whatever. That doesn't always work, right? No, right. <laughs> but what we realized with Jackson and then I don't know where I learned this. I think it was The Body Keeps Score, actually, that book by some oh, guy. Oh, that's an amazing book. Anyways, it's The Body Keeps Score. Um, with the water drinking, it forces you to breathe because you can't breathe and drink water at the same time. You have to, like, drink and then take a breath. So it forces them to breathe. But it also is mm-hmm. a, a instinctual thing because when you're – like, it's a primal thing where if you're drinking water – then your surroundings are okay and safe because like a deer wouldn't stop to drink water if a lion was attacking them or if they, they exactly. drink water when they're safe, they don't drink water. And so if them, you know, like, like think of a deer when you see them like drinking water and then they hear something, they stop. Right. But when they're actually physically drinking, it means something is safe. And so it's like a primal instinct to know that you're okay. So it automatically, like you said, physically brings your heart rate down and physically calms you down because you wouldn't be drinking water if you were being attacked. <laughs> so it's one of those tricks yes. that we learned with Jackson, and I'll make him drink like three times, and he's like, I'm not thirsty. And I'm like, just drink water. So anyways. <laughs> exactly. Um, sorry, and, I was and that's that probably like, yeah, like, like when you go into a nurse's office or to, you know, like, and maybe you're panicking, like if you think of the school nurse's office, she'll offer you a drink of water yeah. because it naturally helps rehab spout nervous system it makes you take a moment to stop yeah and that's what a lot of these are meant to do so when you open your eyes if you have the tendency to shut them it's forcing yourself to snap out of a moment yeah i like that um when you're looking around the room and paying attention to something that catches your attention it's resetting that like ooh, that why does that catch your attention your brain is starting to think again it seems really random right but it helps you get re-engaged. So you can do this with a student, with Zandi, with your husband, with yourself, then like, and just start a conversation. And you're like, what? Why are we talking about this? But then they're no longer angry or sad. They have like, even if it's for a split second, right? Yeah. They're engaged true. again. Name six colors you see in the room or outside. And it's not like, I'm not like, okay, we're going to do help now skills. I don't do any of that. I'm just like, ooh, I saw that blue bird. There's a blue sky. Like, I usually start. And then they'll kind of catch on. They'll be like, oh, I saw a yellow. Or I'll ask them, what what yellow do you see? Like, what? And they're like, what? Oh, well, I see this. And then they'll kind of like, I'll do that. You know, so you can kind of go down these well, until you one. find one that works. Um, counting backwards from 20 as you walk around the room. So again, you're engaging that thinking brain, you know, 20, 19, yeah. and you're not just doing that, but you're walking while you do it. So you're doing a physical motion while you're engaging your brain. So again, mind and body connected. Okay. Is you're getting that thing to like to refire and also kind of going back for a second with the resource and how you talk to about whatever fires together, wires together. So yes. when we were talking about that moment at the beach, your brain cells were firing. And by paying attention to what was going on in your body in the physical moment, 
that was helping that to wire with that pleasant thought. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So we fired off those brain cells and we wired it together with what physically was going on in your body in the moment, even though you weren't there. Yeah. So that's what that kind of does. So by doing these things, you're engaging both mind and body. If you're inside, you can notice furniture, you can touch the surface, and you begin to use that sensation language, maybe noticing if it's hard, if it's soft, if it's rough. Notice the temperature in the room. Notice the sounds within the room and outside. So you can kind of just start talking with them. Hey, you know what's really quiet in here? I had um, a friend of mine, she was having a panic attack. We were actually at worship, but the lights were just, they were too much for her and we were in the center. And I could see, so I said, you know what, let's go outside. And we kind of just walked outside together. Um, she took a cold drink of water. And then I was like, feel how cold this like pole is. And she was like, what? And she like was coming. I was like, yeah, it's really smooth. And she's like, yeah, it is. But it gave her that moment to like realize what was going on and why she sort of like needed to get out of there, you know? And also um, if you're outside or inside, walk and pay attention to the movement in your arms and your legs, how your feet are making contact with the ground. So again, that's like a form of grounding without necessarily going through the motions of grounding. Push your hands against the wall or the door slowly and notice your muscles pushing. So with, I use this one a lot with my students. And they are like, maybe they're acting out by hurting other students or by being aggressive and they're not realizing they're being aggressive. I said, hey, let's practice pushing a wall instead of people. And so they will put all their energy like a, like a superhero into pushing, not hitting, not, um, you know, not as an aggressive thing, but like just focusing on pushing and what muscles you're using. Mm. And then afterwards, I'll say, how do you feel? And usually they're like, actually better. Because again, we engage their mind and their body together in one. Mind and body. In kind of like, yeah, and, and did that. And when they push up against that wall, they're having a place where they can maybe send some of those frustrations, you know, because they're, again, they're not thinking, right? So we're trying to engage that, the thinking brain and the physical part of it the natural biological thing that is being expressed with their body while they're not thinking so you're trying to re-engage both those parts so instead of just dressing one or the other you're addressing both with these health now skills wow and so and there's kind of um there's even like posters that are out there that are pretty cool uh, that you can have and you can like put up around your house yeah. <laughs> and it's super helpful because it shows a picture of somebody drinking water um, and one of the ways is you could put up stations around your house and you could practice the health now skills yeah one of the you things that our like, psychologist <laughs> one of the things our psychologist does with one of our daughters was is I guess was because she left the school mm. anyways um she has like the, all the little faces of emotions and she asked, like, hey, how do you feel 
you know, and it's like all the uncomfortable emotions majority of the time. And then underneath mm-hmm. it, it's like, okay, what calming technique can you do to get you out of that, you know, kind of thing. So I feel like that's what this these help now ones are. Okay, what can I do to get me to reset so that I can then talk it through or I can get to a spot where I can figure it out or push through or whatnot. So this is good yes. stuff. I love it. Yeah, and and the even like with the um, resilience zone, you could draw a picture of where the resilient zone would be. So if you could picture like just two lines, one high and one low, right? At, like as if it was like you were drawing a sidewalk, and that sidewalk would be say the resilient zone, and then you have your high zone and your low zone below, and you could take like emoji stickers and say, okay, like. How are you today? Like, let's do a check-in. Oh, you're in your, and you just have them put their sticky where they are at in your zone. Are you in your zone? Are you kind of like higher in your zone or lower? After they understand, of course, what your their highest, their like resilient zone is. And of course, again, you could be happy, okay, and happy, sad, right? Or happy, mad. <laughs> or I mean, okay, happy, okay, sad. There's dual emotions. Um, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Even in your resilient zone. And as you build them, that gets lighter. So you kind of learn a little bit more how to deal with those. Um, so they can kind of check in with you. And then you can also see, oh, they're in the high zone. So it doesn't have to be something that you address verbally all of the time. That could just show you, okay, they're feeling maybe a little anxious. They're feeling we had... Uh, one of he was four and he checked in and he put his high and everyone went what did you mean to put it there he goes yeah I'm feeling a little angry and frustrated oh okay he's like I can't read and you guys are doing a lot of things with reading and he sat down and we were like that makes sense actually like you know like but we wouldn't have known that while we were teaching so it was like giving him pictures and so then we were able to help recognize that as as teachers and say, oh, okay, or as presenters, and come up with more pictures for this little four-year-old. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Or give him something where he could engage in this conversation by drawing pictures and help him to be more in his resilient zone. So, you know, I think that kids understand this model because natural to the biology of our body too right completely i look so forward to that's kind of the crim I, I, <laughs> community resilience model i mean you got me at resilience because that's what i need to teach zandy especially but even at that like i i always am like how do you like how do you like when you get triggered and angry and frustrated and yell and become ugly mama that's what i become ugly mama um like how do you oh yeah we all have like, this is a good way to, like, stop and be like, okay, and be able to have tools to get me calm enough to be able to be the mom I want to be, you know? Like, I love the way you were saying that yeah. I, I'm i going to start teaching this to myself and, like, practicing it to myself and then in turn have conversations with the girls, especially Zandy, and see a way to build her resilience and just life. You know, like, this is good. This is very, very good. But I got a lot of work to do now. Yeah. 
And I think the beautiful thing, though, is this is something that can pick up really quick, honestly. So as you're practicing, it's not like you have to be great at it and then teach them, but it could be something that you're learning with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I definitely. So like, hey, like, in, in, like you can invite them into that conversation because kids will pick up on things what they want to pick up on, I think, a lot. And I'm sure you you know all of this. You know, I'm preaching to the choir here. But even with, like, my five-year-old, when he's throwing a fit or there's something that's going on and we're having this, when he finally gets back into his zone, he'll tell me, you know, I was, I was really out of my zone. And I didn't necessarily just teach them the way I was talking with you. He hears me talking about it with other people. Yeah. He'll sort of hear me practicing and all this stuff. And then he's like, oh, and he like wants to know more questions or he'll watch a video with me. Um, and th- these tools, a lot of people will say, well, oh, those are, there are more tools for your guys' tool belt too, right? So yeah. this is, you can add these to all the amazing things she's already using. And it's something that I hope will be able to just help her and that she can utilize without necessarily always just asking for help but maybe she can help it can help her to self-regulate it can teach her that you know because I feel like this is something they can really do on their own if that makes sense yeah as long as it becomes a practice yeah they got to get used Mm -hmm. to it and become a practice which would be amazing and there's certain things like I see Zandy do that I'm like oh this goes in line she's already you've already been teaching this to a certain degree here and there but definitely not to this intent like not this clear which is good I can have now kind of almost a step to go by um yeah yeah I'm gonna have to do like an update in like a month and be like okay this is where we are this is what's happening maybe hopefully prayfully that things have gotten a lot better because we can stop her in the moment and actually go okay what is your body feeling how do you know and get her grounded and get her back and then you know once she's grounded then she, she can then verbalize um that's another thing I'm realizing is I don't listen to my kids as much or at all <laughs> um and if I start digging deeper into it I'm like oh okay well that was why you're triggered like by asking the questions to get her you know but if she has to be at a calm spot in order to do that so this with and and with my other tools like you said of kind of drilling down what's really happening can really make yeah and you can start to see like instead of trying to work from a place where she's already frustrated right and trying to build resilience from that what this is really doing is focusing on where she's already resilient and building further into that Mm. does that make sense yeah and so it's like my one son, he's phenomenal at inventing. He thinks of things, he, the way his brain works. So with me and him, we'll go through, and while he's inventing, I'll say, I see, like, you're in the zone. Like, what are you sensing in your body when you're doing that? You know, sense an excitement. And so he'll tell me, he's like, yeah, this, is, this helps me think even more clearly. And so we'll do those things. So he'll recognize the good things. So when he is frustrated, we can shift into that. Yeah, you know, that's where we're the, expanding it. That's where my where I probably gonna have a downfall. Which knowing I have a downfall can help me become make it a strength. Is doing these things when our, when the shit already hasn't hit the fan. 
you know, like making sure that yeah, I'm like yeah. building, like doing this when we're calm like doing this, like when she's holding her new baby kitten, asking her like, how are you feeling right now? You know, so that we can start gathering these resources yeah. and stuff so that when she gets angry, I can be like, think of when you're holding Griffin right now and let's just calm down, you know, and like, yeah, start. So I got to remember to do the work. Like to use the word. We like to use the word. What are you sensing? Sensing. Because feelings are concepts. Sensing is what's physically going on in the body. That makes sense. What so are you you're sensing? tying, you're moving away from just like the concepts because there's so much work that's done in feelings and in concepts, oh, yeah. right? But what you're really trying to do is bring them down to like what is physically going on when you're being your best self. I'm going to have to... And getting them to focus more on that. Like, what are you sensing right now? Does it like, are you feeling tingled when you snuggle with kitty? Things like that. I hope that made sense. No, it made complete sense. I just have a lot of work to do now and I got to remember to do it. (laughs) That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time to like explain this so that we can have another tool in our tool belt. And... The iChill app, I just said it briefly, is sounds like it's going to be a really good resource just to know this kind of stuff. And then, obviously, you, yeah. don't, you you can know all you want. If you're not practicing or doing, then it's useless. So hopefully that's what the next stage is to go out and practice for myself and therefore be an example for my daughter. So thank you yeah. so much for sharing your knowledge with us tonight. Well, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. This has been great for me to be able to get out something that I really feel passionate and strongly about. So thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Thanks for riding on the denial bus. But your stop's coming up. You're going to have to get off. Get back to the real world. Life. Don't worry. You got this. 